Hello and welcome to the NFL Blitz. Coming up on today's show, we preview week 6 of the NFL season with a big AFC North showdown, a tough battle in the Northwest, and Tua making his debut against the Rams. We look back to Thursday night football as Atlanta don't choke in a win over the Panthers, plus baseball talk, basketball talk, and German soccer talk. That's all coming up on Saturday's NFL Blitz. And welcome to the show today. I hope you're doing well. I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. Remember that we have writing on the NFL and other sports at the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com, a dedicated NFL section as well, where you can find articles and previous podcasts. If you're going to the article section, then click on the NFL Blitz. If you want to find past episodes as well, and where you can find this podcast, remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash the NFL Blitz. And on the NFL Blitz today, Josh and Will, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, you're back. I am. I am. And hopefully we'll be we'll be able to be on the, the Tuesday pod a lot more regularly now. Yay! Very good Yay. stuff. We have the uh, return of our authentic American. So the we authentic are American. no longer culturally appropriating, which is always <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. It'd be bold of someone to say this is cultural appropriation. <laughs> I mean... <sighs> I- I'll be honest, I've muted that phrase on Twitter because it's just people being annoying and dumb. Amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe maybe 2% I just of don't go Twitter, put it all together. That's <laughs> also fair. Perhaps 2% of all what, of what Twitter claims is cultural appropriation is actually cultural appropriation, and the other 98% is just not. Yes. It's just a man wearing a shirt or something Alex, like that. Alex, don't let facts get in the way of a good Twitter rant. Of, yeah. of a scalding hot take. Like, yeah. remember, Twitter is just people outdoing each other to try and get the first absolutely nuclear take on a situation. Mm. It is That'll the be... most useless social media platform ever to exist. Oh, I will cool. stand with the NFL and say to all two of our viewers who might be in the u.s if at all get out and vote please god yes, vote yeah uh, endorsing that for sure for joe exotic oh no he ran last time <laughs> well yeah M- uh, maybe not joe exotic well you mean but you definitely joe haven't exotic. voted for joe exotic well i'm not really sure if they have you know how i'd feel about them having to move the infrastructure of the white house into an oklahoma county prison <laughs> um, that would be quite <laughs> awkward. Yeah, that's the first time I heard about him. It was on last week tonight. Yeah, we were doing a, an election special in 2016 about third parties. Yeah. And we mentioned Joe Exotic. Yeah. And so it's actually all his fault. It's all John Oliver's fault. Anyway, so we'll start with Thursday's game then. Atlanta Falcons 25, Carolina Panthers 17. The Falcons have now won two of their last three games, which is a bit of a surprise, but they're getting all their actually good players back so maybe it's not how much do we think this is due to the uh the loss not loss that's not the right words uh, the departure of dan quinn wow a bit yeah no i think that you know it's it's always good when you have um when when you have a feeling of a fresh start you know like okay that that era is behind us and we can now uh you know get back to it uh, on the other hand, they did also pull off a very Falcons loss last week by accidentally scoring so that the Lions could drive down and win it, which, oof. Um, and honestly, 
towards the end of this game, I thought that the uh, Panthers were going to be able to go down the field and tie it again because, uh, what's the name, Teddy Bridgewater made a really, really good uh, like 17-yard pass or whatever uh, to get the first down. Uh, but then they, they failed to produce anything off of that. So, yeah, congratulations, Falcons. You did something. Uh, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, I picked Carolina for this one. You didn't pick anyone. Did I not? No, I was waiting for your picks when I realised this morning you hadn't. You uh, asked me You asked me whether um, Julio Jones would be playing and I said he's questionable and then you just never responded. Oh. Um, well, I was happy to pick Atlanta. I, I always <laughs> thought they did well. Um, nice try. I had a good feeling about this game. Um, did Julio Jones play? Yes, uh, he did. Julio well, Julio Jones' performance was fantastic. Um, I thought he was really dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do I get a loss or a nothing for that one? You get a loss. It's what oh. happens. It, what, it's what happens if you uh, if you don't predict a game on NFL pick, and which I have far too much experience of doing, including maybe this week. But I, I got my. I, I remember to do it on the on the prediction spreadsheet I have. I wrote in my prediction. Then I... I'm an idiot. Uh, anyway, yeah. apart from that... Oh, PJ Walker played the former XFL player. Yes, and I am kind of sad he didn't get to see a bit more playtime. This was kind of the, the in-between time between uh, Teddy Bridgewater taking a nasty hit to the head and him coming back out on the field to try and lead the, uh, the last drive. I would have appreciated to see you know, what what they had in PJ Walker if he was any uh, good, but, you know. Yeah. And that hit, by the way, from the guy who I can't remember, do you think that was severe enough for an ejection or not? I think if a player's in that situation, you have to just try and avoid the head-to-head -head collision at that point, you know? Like, mm. I, it's just, the NFL should be caring about safety more. I think it's dumb that Andy Dalton didn't get uh, the the Andy Dalton hit didn't get Bostic yes. ejected last week. No, it did. But... He just hasn't been suspended. Oh. Well, okay. That's I can't okay believe he's dumb, not but... been suspended for that. Yeah, no, and, and you know, also that team does not like Andy Dalton very much, considering that they just kind of looked at him get hit and then kind of kept on walking. Yeah. Um, which ooh. That's not very good for Mike McCarthy. It's not a good look. Oh, if we're talking about people who should be suspended, and I don't think have, I need to Google this now, Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I completely forgot I was going to lead the episode with this, but we'll just we'll do it now. Justin Turner, Dodgers player, was told in middle of a game he had COVID and had to isolate immediately, despite the fact, get the test done earlier or get the results back earlier so that that doesn't happen. But... He finds out he's got COVID, he has to isolate, but then the Dodgers win the World Series, he's back on the pitch celebrating with the team oh, whilst having COVID. Yeah. And then he takes his mask off and sits next to his manager who had a severe form of cancer that responds particularly harshly to COVID and is kissing people on the cheek. How stupid can you be? I don't even think that's stupid anymore, Alex. It's just that's malicious. negligence. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, no. I can't remember Look. I said... Sorry, I can't remember if I said it to you or someone else. I think he should be banned from the, for, for, from the league for the rest of his life. Because that's out of our yeah, danger. That is, that is uniquely dumb. Mm. That is stupid on a whole new level. 
And God forbid yeah. anyone comes down with it and suffers, like, particularly yeah. harshly. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's all bad on reaction you. to it. Then that, that moment when there's, there's the picture of them all celebrating for the World Series, he's sat right next to the, sorry, piece of metal, Commissioner. Um, he's sat right next to the piece of metal. If anyone dies from that, that becomes the most tainted image in the history of baseball. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anything's happened yet. They're saying they're conducting an investigation. Well, yeah. What is there to investigate? Yeah. What is there to investigate? Yeah, no. I mean, at that point, you might as well just say, yeah, like, I don't know. This is Rob Manfred we're talking about, though, so you might just be fined, like, 12 bucks and a candy bar. If the World Series is a piece of metal, what's um, COVID? Oh, sorry, the, com the Commissioner's Trophy is a piece of metal, what's COVID? Yes. A yeah. mild uh, cough. Yeah. You can't yeah. say that on the podcast, can you? I can, because I'm mocking Rob Manford. I'm not saying it. I don't... Hang on. Just just in case there are people who react like Josh. I do not genuinely mean that, obviously. <laughs> that is what Rob Manford probably thinks if he thinks a commissioner's trophy is a piece of metal. Indeed. Do, do, you, get, do you get how that works, Josh? It's yes. called... Understating. Right, anyway... <laughs> Uh, Carolina Panthers, meanwhile. Or Atlanta Falcons, sorry. We'll do Atlanta Falcons. Two of their last three have been won. One of them was an, a frankly hilarious loss. So, are we more positive for them now? I mean, if you think about it, if they'd beaten the Cowboys and the Lions, they'd suddenly be, what, 4-4? Four and, four? Yeah. and they should have won in both of them. It was just very stupid decisions at the end of the game that cost them. So... Yeah, but I those think, are kind of the things record. you'd you'd expect, you know. Mm. But like, I, what I'm saying is, gonna have the to. talent on the side is better than a two and six record would show. Yes, but at the same time, I don't know. Even if they do improve them, they're probably not making the playoffs. Not in that division. No, and not no. in the NFC in general. Oh, and we've just got breaking news. The Atlanta Falcons have requested a transfer to the NFC East. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think our spot should be given over to just a yeah. good team. The Athletic like, wrote that recently. Yeah. No, I mean, the the teams should want it as well. Because their draft position is going to get utterly screwed, even if they get to, like, mm. six wins and make the playoffs. <laughs> like, they're going to be down in the 20s then for draft position because they made the playoffs. Nothing yeah. else seems to have happened yet in the Justin Turner story. By the way, since we're talking about social media as well, I will mention this. One of my favourite comics on Reddit has got its own BBC News article. If you haven't seen Quest Sprout, which is like the most wholesome thing ever, and absolutely try and find it. It's just so uplifting. In, a, in fact, follow Wholesome Memes, the Wholesome Memes subreddit, because it's just it's just lovely. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 just, I was surprised when I saw that, that had got an article today. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, none of this Good is football. So let's let's talk about not. football. Actually, before we do as well, I am so nervous for tonight. Dash yesterday, if you're listening to this, because it's the big Hamburg derby, Saint Pauli versus Hamburg. Uh, I'm scared. Josh, help. How? Anyway, how can I help, Alex? I don't know. I, don't I will know. send thoughts and prayers to the Saint Pauli side. <laughs> 
Anyway, Carolina, not good. We, we should move on because this game does not deserve this much time. The Atlanta Falcons are 2-6. and six. They're fourth in the NFC South and they will be taking on the Denver Broncos next week. The Carolina Panthers are 3-5. and five. They're third in the NFC South and will be travelling to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, it gets easier. Yeah. Anyway, oh boy. let's go on to previewing games and we're going to go round the room and preview all games from week 8 of the NFL season we'll be predicting as we go along and when we come to one team who we think are guaranteed to win we'll be locking that team up we can only do this once a week and will you have the first pick alrighty and my first pick is going to be Raiders and Browns why not Raiders and Browns this is, okay to me this is actually this is an interesting Interesting game because it is between two what I classify as kind of like upper mid-table teams like if they get to the playoffs they're not going to make it very far but these are both teams which have potential and it's going to be interesting to watch them develop Derek Carr and the Raiders have not managed to compete strongly against top top tier talent like the Buccaneers for example who frankly embarrassed them last week but they have shown flashes of being able to to compete and beat teams which you'd otherwise think they'd fail pretty hard against. You know, they beat the uh, Chiefs earlier this year, I'm pretty sure. And, yeah, they beat the Chiefs, right? Yeah, they the did. 40-32. Yeah. yeah, the Raiders, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, they beat the Saints as well. I think that... This team has a lot of potential. It's going to be interesting to watch them develop. It'll be interesting to see if they can build anything through the draft, given that, again, being kind of decent, they're probably going to have issues getting players that they otherwise would want to. But I think this team is finally starting to come together. They're finally starting to really show flashes of what they're capable of. Uh, the Browns, uh, kind of the same thing, honestly. Last... They, they, they had this weird thing where when faced against a top-tier defense, they suddenly collapsed into a pile of rubble. But they really do make every game they're in, aside from that one Steelers game, into a bit of a shootout. It's really fun to watch them play. Oh, they're a high-scoring offense. Well, yes. Okay, so they have trouble against really good, or maybe just AFC teams, or AFC North teams. Mm. But, um, you know, they turn every game they're in into a shootout. It's really fun to watch them play. They're going to need to start building up some stuff on their defense. I think offensively, they're set relatively well. Um, as long as they don't run up against a, a, a run defense that's a bit too staunch. I think if you have to rely on Baker Mayfield too much, that's probably when your issues come in. But they need to build up their defense. They need to build up their... Eh, their offense is, is decent. In any case... These are two teams that are developing and they're starting to show signs of it. It'll be really fun to watch them develop in the future and this game will probably give us some, some more insights into what pieces are going to be integral to that. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield having a good game against the Bengals. I think one of the things that has really helped is even with old Al Beckham having a torn ACL, he's going to be out for the year. They have had other wide receivers stepping up. Obviously, we all know Jarvis Landry, but Rashad Higgins in particular and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who scored the winning touchdown at the end of that game against Cincinnati, they've been playing well. And it helps that this week the Raiders' pass defense is just not that good. 
I can't remember how they did against Patrick Mahomes, but in general, it, it's not been great. One of the lower teams, I think they're below 20th in passer rating and yards per game. The Browns' rush game is still good, though obviously they've got worse since Nick Chubb was injured. That goes without saying, but, you know, they're, they're doing okay. But the Raiders last week held Ronald Jones to just 2.6 yards per carry. Wow. They are 14th on the season, though, so that's not overly reflective of how they're doing. That might have just been a one-game sort of good blip. I think we can now say it quite with quite some certainty. Josh Jacobs is having a sophomore slump. He is averaging 3.4 yards per carry. He had a dreadful game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. And I know Tampa have a strong rush defense, but it it is a trend at this point. And... He needs to improve as fast as possible. The Cleveland Browns, relatively good on the defense. So, I I worry for Josh Jacobs this year. They, ha they are going to have to depend on the pass. Derek Carr having a much better year than Josh Jacobs is. And the, the Browns' pass defense is okay. Okay, the 3-3 three three Las Vegas Raiders travel to the 5-2 Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take a Browns win. I'm going to take the uh, Raiders to win on this one. This is difficult, but I do think uh, Odell is a, is a massive loss. Uh, how much faith do I have in Baker Mayfield? Uh, the answer's not that much. I don't have uh, much. Raiders, but close. 50-50 close. on NFL Pick'em. That's about fair. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay, Josh, you have the second pick. Okay, and to what I assume will be the... Uh, chagrin of both of you I'm going for what is easily the most exciting game of the week which is the my no uh, San Francisco at Seattle how what? what I have that second but I have a pretty distant second what really yes wow. anyway go on why okay um well, you said it was by far the best game of the week yeah okay <laughs> go on um, is Steelers Ravens your first pick? Yes, obviously. Yeah. It's a bitter rivalry. The teams are coming in a combined eleven and one. It could be two super. Well, I don't find the Steelers Super Bowl contender in the AFC, but I, I mean, what what else could it be? <laughs> anyway, Forty Nine ers Seahawks. Uh, I have to disagree with that because I feel like this game's really, really finely poised. Um, uh, I know Will had his reservations about the Seahawks side, and I think he's right for that. Um, Russell Wilson is obviously a maverick, there's, there's no doubt about that, and I still think he's MVP candidate by a long way. However, as I think we've seen over the last couple of weeks, and especially last week, that defence is is pretty terrible, especially against the pass. Um, you feel like, and I think Will was saying this earlier, that the Seahawks doesn't have to throw some pretty risky passes and have to do some pretty risky things just to to keep that score ticking over because you know that the opposition will come on the other side will come onto the field and uh you know score re with relative ease um this seahawks size defense for me has been um declining in quality over the last few years especially since uh their last super bowl appearance and uh, this is san francisco side which looks to be getting to nearly back to its best. I know they, ha they had that blip earlier in the season, but they had a lot of injury issues, and those are sort of coming back. I've not seen 
the injury report. It's there's no one there for me that's particularly a big loss. Debo Samuel is out. Um, however, other than that, I'd call no that a big, big loss. loss. Sorry, I'd call that a big loss. Yeah, um, but none of the uh, losses we saw earlier in the season, which added yeah, to that. Yeah, okay, that's should, fair. Should it's not George it. Kittle. No, no, for, that was that's what I was going for there. Okay, fair um, enough. So, yeah, um, finally uh, poised game, I think. This is the San Francisco defence, which is still of the highest quality against a Seahawks side that has Russell Wilson, but does not have a defence, which is probably overstating it. But yeah. um, really interesting how those factors play out in this game. By the way, you see this disagreement we've had over the best game. Two really good games. Sure. Enjoy this because later on today at Point of Publication, we're going to go on a beautiful pre-game. And we have to pick games of the day. And it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. <laughs> because there aren't many good ones. Anyway, last week, Russell Wilson, an 84.4 pass rating against the Arizona Cardinals needs to improve and the worst part is, is that Sam Fran's offer a defense sorry offers a much bigger challenge than the Cardinals defense does. The Sam Fran rush offense has been improving recently. I think that's sort of my big note on the offensive side. And Seattle really struggled against Arizona with the rush. The past defense depending on how you looked at it is either bad or meh. I would side with meh, but it depends on how you want to cut the statistics. Jimmy Garoppolo needs a far better performance than he did in New England because despite the fact that they won and comfortably, he had a pass rate of under 75 and looked poor throughout. And through two really awful interceptions. So he needs to improve. He has a good chance to improve against the Seahawks' pass defense. Like I said, they're meh at best, so they're either similar or worse than the Patriots' past defence. It, it, it will probably be a close game. Yeah. I mean, okay, look, I think I think that Jimmy Garoppolo in general has a very specific purpose, and that is not to, you know, make a contested throw into triple coverage from 30 yards out, but I think that at the same time, his overall team is better. He has better weapons. I mean, he has George Kittle... Well, being fair, Russell Wilson has a lot of really good weapons as well. Mm. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and well, oh, we didn't used talk to be Chris about Carson, it. but Carlos Hyde, by the way, did well last week in Arizona. But that DK Metcalf, absolutely stunning play from DK Metcalf. Absurd display of athleticism. I honestly, one, I can't believe he got the pick, and two, I cannot believe DK Metcalf reached 22 miles an hour at the apex of that run. And I just, I'd love, I'd love to think what was going through Buda Baker's mind. We think, pick six, pick six, pick six, pick six. And then he just turns behind him and sees the absolute monster of a human that is DK Metcalf. Well, he commented on it straight away, like on the sideline. It's like, how the beep did he catch me? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, the four and three San Francisco 49ers travel to the five and one Seattle Seahawks. Gut says 49ers. Yeah, my gut says 49ers as well. I am much lower on the Seahawks after that. You know, I think I trusted a lot in Russell Wilson to kind of make the necessary plays that would lead to a last-minute, you know, heart-wrenching finale. At the same time, that defense is growing into more of a liability week by week, and 
you know, I just I think that against stronger teams, it's going to start to come out the other way. Oh, this is really difficult. Um, I think I'm going to go with 49ers just because from what we've seen from them, once they've got some really key players back, and not just back as in this is the first game back, but they've had two or three games to build that match fitness back, which I think is a different thing. So I have to go with them. I think, like, like you both said, the defence is so suspect on the Seahawks' side. And whilst Russell Wilson is the GOAT, there's nothing he can really do about that. And plus this this uh, San Francisco defence will really get to him if he has to play riskier and riskier plays just to keep up with the deficiencies on the other side of the ball. So yeah, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. I have the next pick, and I was going to do like a big build-up to it, but I don't think there's any point now after we had a, a debate earlier. I'm going to go with the best game of the week, Josh, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go no. with Steelers at Ravens, yes. No, I'll be honest, I don't know if it's if it's bad, but yes. all week I've had the Trace McSorley song stuck in my head. Maybe it's because we were singing no. on the last episode. It's great. They um, can't touch my deep, but why you every game I'm scoring, I'm, I'm your favourite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. It's I great. Hadn't, I was it, why do you guys sing you when really I'm not around? That, Alex, why not? Or did I find it randomly on Twitter? I, I don't. I don't. I can't remember linking to it. I've not. But except I've not cringed that much. I found it. I found it for an episode of Gridiron Heights. It's the best <laughs> song ever. Oh, by the way, this week's Gridiron Heights was absolutely fantastic. Chase Claypool, Minkov and, and Ryan Tannehill that was connecting. Good, yeah. It was really good. Anyway, yeah, the Steelers need a much better performance if they're going to have any chance of beating the Ravens this week. If they play like their first half selves, and they stand a chance. If they play like their second half selves, it's going to be a blowout. Big Ben had a pass rating of 67.4 last week against the Titans. Great. Though one of them interceptions, which obviously heavily affects pass rating, was an arm punt. We've not seen an arm punt in quite a while. The Steelers rush game's average. Um, last week, they were under four yards per carry, which is... <sighs> Jesus Christ. Though James Connor did actually do relatively well. The Steelers' offence ranks 23rd in total. The Ravens have a weakness defensively, and that comes in the rush, but the pass defence is strong. They're fifth when it comes to sacks and first in blitz percentage. Yes, they blitz more than Blitzburg do. Hmm. The Steelers are good at preventing sacks, though, just eight so far, keeping Ben protected, mostly because they throw relatively quick passes. The Steelers' defence rank first in sacks and second in blitz percentage. And the Ravens have struggled at protecting Lamar Jackson, but maybe that's because Lamar Jackson, you know, runs about more. He doesn't stay in the pocket, obviously. Lamar is good at running and passing. Good. He's the best rusher in the league in terms of yards per carry with 6.9, whilst the Ravens have the best rush offence in the league. The Steelers' rush defence, though, is second best at 3.4 yards per carry. That's br- that is actually brilliant. That's the one thing I really like about this team of the past events. It's relatively strong, though the secondary, as we've mentioned, has been incredibly suspect in the past. The Ravens don't throw a lot, but they are effective when they do throw. This is seen their 31st in like average yards per game, but 
top five, top ten, sorry, in terms of completion percentage and yards per attempt. So, I'm yeah, nervous. I have to say, um, this game to me, I actually, because of how the Ravens sometimes conceptualize their game plan, I think that there is a very slight advantage to the Steelers here. There is not. So I have. I don't think you saw okay. how the Steelers did last week. Or Admittedly, that was not the best game, and they have played ugly. At the same time, I have noticed that the Ravens, when they run into problems establishing their run game, which the Steelers do have a very good run defense, they tend to suddenly decide that they can no longer use Lamar Jackson as a runner and decide to just plant him in the pocket like a tree, like like a grand ficus, and let him try and and you know just switch to switch his style completely, and that causes a lot of issues because Lamar Jackson isn't as comfortable, the entire offense isn't as is is more uncomfortable with it, and they just they don't do as well. This has been a pretty constant issue for them, especially you know like when the uh, Titans defense in the playoffs suddenly shut down their run defense. They they suddenly decided oh okay, I guess we just switch to the passing game now and just try and avoid doing running at all. Um, you know, I, I don't have stats to back this up right now, which is unfortunate and just goes to show how much work I put into this show. Um, but I think that if the Ravens are allowed to remain comfortable with the run, which I think the Steelers should be very good at clamping down on, then they have a better chance. If they don't, because again, the Steelers have a very good run defense, they tend to get uncomfortable. They tend to get thrown off their stride. The Ravens are a team, as dumb as this sounds to say, that are good when they're winning, when they get into their momentum and allow it to kind of carry them through the game. But if the Steelers can rock them enough times that they start to get off step, then they have a very good chance of taking this game. It'll be ugly, no doubt, but they have a chance. By the way, your lack of research is not going to come up great on your appraisal at the end of the year. Oh, <laughs> am I going to get this sacked is... in the in the in the yeah. year end downsizing of the firm? Absolutely. Yeah. I guess anyway. I'll try and lateral to another podcast then before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, um, this is, I don't know. This is a close game for me actually, and I think across across the board in the NFL, it's been viewed as a close game. Um, I think the Steelers' defense is the toughest uh, test for Lamar Jackson and the offense. I think it's fair to say that they've come uh, up against. However, I do think you are vulnerable at cornerback and with some uh, yeah. bigger plays over the top. Not um, when Stefan Gilmore joins. <laughs> it's although it's different. I've not seen enough from Baltimore on that sort of play that makes me trust them more than Pittsburgh's. Um, wait, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Are you saying, Josh, but you don't have big trust in them? <laughs> oh, God. I am indeed saying <laughs> Yes! That. And I, I hate to pander to that, Alex, but yes. Um, but yeah, you're sort of, as you say, Pittsburgh's formula of um, your wide receivers making plays after the catch, and James Conner feels a lot more reliable. And I don't see that reliability in the same way in Baltimore, which 
Mm. That's what we'll get on to predictions. But yeah. I think there's more hope than you think. I think you're a pessimist anyway. But when it comes to your own really? things, so <laughs> fully enough, yeah. <laughs> I also yeah. have to say, I've just been looking at the schedules again. And just based on strength of schedule alone, I will say the Steelers, because they've played the Titans, have had a harder schedule than the Baltimore Ravens. Because while the Steelers have played the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Browns, the Ravens have also played the Browns, also played the Texans, lost to the Chiefs, and have won again against the football team, the Bengals, and the Eagles. Yeah, but they look more convincing when they've won. We managed to make the Eagles look... Well, again, the Ravens did. But we've managed to make the Texans and Broncos look good as well. Okay, well, admittedly, it's it was like a two-score game and a bit against the Texans. Then again, that was when Bill O'Brien was still coaching the Texans. Oh, wait, no. Was Bill O'Brien still coaching when the Texans faced you? Yeah. Yes. Huh. Hmm. Well, anyway, you know. By the way, I, I forgot to mention it, 84% going with the Seattle Seahawks on Pickham. So that's quite surprising for me. But okay. the 6-0 Pittsburgh Steelers travels for 5-1 and one Baltimore Ravens, and I'm taking a Ravens win, obviously. I'm actually going to take the Steelers to win on this one. I will blame you if we I'm lose. Be... Okay. I, I don't think that's a very valid argument, but I'll take it. I mean, it will be your fault, it, just objectively. Right. I think it's been fairly clear from uh, what I said earlier. I'm going with the uh, Steelers win. Weirdos. 50% um, either <laughs> way. Did we both on... pick the Steelers to win last time, or did we pick Titans? I picked Titans. I, pick I think you picked Titans. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, you picked Titans. Well, um, Josh picked Steelers. We'll get that way. Am I still first in the this little group pick em thing? Yeah, this is um, now a matter of I'll go, I'll go through the, the prediction scores as of today then. Will is 74 and 29, Josh is 71 and 32, and I am 70 and 33. Yay. Anyway, go on to the next game then, and Will has the fourth pick. Alright, there we go. I will pick Vikings and Packers. Vikings and Packers. The Vikings have been disappointing this year. Uh, you know, they made the playoffs, I believe, last year, and, you know, we're, we're fairly quickly dispatched, but at the same time, one expected, especially with some of the talent they added in the offseason, them to at least look competent this year, which they have not at all. <laughs> My gosh, it's been bad. Um, and it has been very surprising. On the other hand, we do have the Green Bay Packers, who are looking... Very good, you know. They've only lost the one game, and after that, Aaron Rodgers came back last week and was was very angry against the Texans and uh, and led the Packers to a two-score victory over them. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, you know, one of the most bitter rivalries in all of sports. I think that the Packers in general are a better team this year. I really want to see... Um, I just want to see Aaron Rodgers have a good time and ball out. You know, he's been really fun on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, you know, everyone should should watch that. Um, and yeah, Bill, I think can you please not promote see... a direct rival as they definitely are? Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> I would not exactly say that this is a Vikings-Packers level rivalry here. We are the Vikings in this. We are the Vikings in this scenario. We are the Vikings. Small um, but likable and friendly. I'll take that. And also in constant pain from blowing playoff leads. Again. I, I'll be honest, Will, never, I've never blown a playoff lead. That is true. One may argue that's because I'm not good enough to get to the playoffs, but I would argue <laughs> that that proves that is the how Vikings good I am. this year as well. That is it, the that Vikings accurate, this year as yes. well. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just I want to see if this Vikings offense can put anything together just because it's it's so strange how bad they are like it seems weird that they are this bad i mean justin jefferson anyway so it's fair to say that aaron Rodgers had a good week seven 283 yards four touchdowns a pass rate of 132.4 and a lot of that success came thanks to Devontae adams who had nearly 200 yards last week 16 targets 13 receptions he's been targeted like that on a pretty consistent basis and has for the year 46 targets in the four games he has played bearing in mind obviously he was injured part way through the season so let's just say the entire green bay offense just runs through him because it does the past defense for the minnesota vikings isn't great. They're 29th in passer rating allowed. They give up a high completion percentage of near 70%. And while they have taken on Aaron Rodgers, but they have to take on Aaron Rodgers again. And he's mad all the time. And apparently does good podcasting on a rival that Will listens to apparently because he doesn't want to listen to us. I don't know what that noise was. Anyway. The as long the as I don't show up as a guest on those other podcasts and also don't fail to promote it while I'm on there, I don't really see the issue. There. The Vikings, if you want to be positive for them, the rush offense is still really good. Sixth in the league, 139.2 yards per game, five yards per carry. Obviously, that's mostly on the back of Darwin Cook, who is having another good year. He's had more touchdowns than any other running back in the league it is going to be somewhat of a challenge though green bay's rush defense is one of the better ones in the league they rank 10th when it comes to yards per game though their pass defense is not so good and that's good news to justin jefferson who like i said is having a really good season the green bay passer pass defense is not ranking in the upper echelons at all they rank 28th in quarterback critical allowed which is exactly what kirk cousins needs to see okay the one and five Minnesota Vikings travel to the five and one Green Bay Packers. I'm locking Vikings. I'm not Packers. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to lock I, the Packers in this one. Oh, you're locking likewise. Packers. Oh, you're both locking yeah. Packers. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. 99% going with the Green Bay Packers online, which is not a surprise, to be honest. Anyway, Josh, you have the next pick. Okay. By the way, actually, sorry, before you do, I think yeah, that's the first it. time we've had more than one person lock the same game this year. I think it is as well, I thought yeah. that. Woo! Um, Yay, progress. Or not, whatever. Okay, and why not? Uh, let's go with the LA Rams at the Miami Dolphins. Where do you think I had this ranked out of interest? Out of the 13 games? 10. Tenth, third. Yeah. What? Really? Third, 
Third best. I'm surprised. Behind I'm Sam Fun and gonna... Pittsburgh. But you're usually such a pessimist for Dolphins games. Um, <laughs> no, you okay. are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I'm just looking at here at ESPN, and they've not got. Have they got two as a starter? Oh no, that's uh, uh, that's passing leaders. Excuse me, cut that out. Yeah, I'm pretty so sure two was starting. Okay, um, this game is really interesting for a couple of reasons, actually, uh, and. It's just how Tua's going to react to this LA side for me. Um, looking mm. at the injury list for starters, uh, Devontae Park was questionable, which is always um, a worry, as is Adam Shaheen, who's been uh, really on form in the, the uh, Dolphins' last couple of games. Really like the look of him. Really signed a new contract uh, yeah. actually with Dolphins or a contract extension. And uh, Bobby McCain is also questionable. So not particularly um happy about those um for the dolphins as well there's been slight rumors that Xavier howard could be the trading block which i find surely surely not true and yeah two if they are true i, I don't even want to comment on that because of how ridiculous it is yeah but but josh sure. yeah gilmore for howard i mean i mean it's it's never gonna happen it's but, never gonna happen you know but like there in other ways. news, Cristiano Ronaldo back to Man United in a swap yes. deal for Diego yeah, Dallo. Indeed, that is the that's the sort of trade we are looking at, and I will happily accept, accept Gilmore into this uh, budding side. But, Cristiano um, Ronaldo for Scott McTominay. Is that not a really logical trade? That totally is. You get so many more years with Scott. I wouldn't accept it if I were Man United. Anyway. <laughs> um weird other soccer aside um byron jones and saving howard have been fantastic for us actually um on defense and we've looked mm. a lot more solid with them on form um interesting how Tua does with aaron donald's facing him on the other side of the ball and this la rams defense which looked fantastic this time uh last time out i think we mentioned on the last podcast how formidable they looked in that comeback win yeah, they were brilliant. Aaron Donald, especially, they got to the quarterback and sacked four times. I am worried about Tua. Um, it's I think it's November, mid-November is a year since his injury or it's a year since surgery. I can't remember mm. which. And after, post a year, your chances of uh, re-injuring go down dramatically. And this yeah. is Tua before a year facing Aaron Donald and that. LA Rams defense. I am it terrified. It is truly bizarre. I am terrified. It is bizarre that they've put him into this one. Yeah. Yes, he did well against the Jets, but that's the Jets, and that was in garbage time. And it was also two passes. Two. Two passes and one handoff. Come on, guys. It's Which is? And let me just starting. let me just get my calculator out here. Sure. Divide by times by pi over one. Two more passes than I've thrown. <laughs> two, just two. It's <laughs> two. Uh, sorry. Anyway, and if you think, Alex, sorry, just uh, to end. Yeah, go this, on. The Rams, you know, are, are beating. They beat Chicago last time out, really convincingly. Um, mm. Yes, our win was against the Jets, but I'm just bemused, guys. I'm a bit bemused. Why Tour is in? Am I confident for this game? Not massively. Yeah, uh, this is a five and two Rams side. Why risk injury to your what should be your franchise quarterback for years to come? Why do it? I don't get it. 
I think this Rams defence is not as celebrated as it should be. I think they are one of the best in the league. The Rams pass rush is in the same category as the Steelers and Ravens. They are that good. Really good. Miami are coping quite well with pass rushes, so maybe they'll be able to cope okay. But I think we saw this when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in for Josh Rosen. Sorry to remind you of Josh Rosen. The the O-line immediately got better. Which means maybe Fitzpatrick is able to do more with an O-line. He's able to get them playing better. And who who knows how it's going to go under two. Everything with the Mammy offense is kind of out the window. The past defense of Rams in general as well. Really good. One of the best in the league. Allowing just 6.5 yards per attempt. Which is really good. So, yeah, big welcome to the league for two. It's a baptism of fire, I think it's fair to say. And it doesn't help that he can't depend on the rush game because the rush game is currently 22nd and therefore not actually that good. And... Yeah, they they heavily depend on the quarterback. The rush game as well. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the second highest runner for the Dolphins this year. Yeah, absolutely. You can't get and two of making them runs this early in his career. With that no, surgery, it'd be can't. suicidal. It would be, absolutely. Yeah. And this is a, a Miami rush game we talked about before the season as having, well, should have had been improved. And it's not. No, it's um, not. I, I don't get this at all, Will. I don't know what your thoughts are, but... Yeah, no, I mean, my this is not my favourite decision in the world. I think... If anything, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is working and not being Fitz tragic, you hmm. might as well have just left him with the team, you know? Yeah. Like, you should give Tua as much time to develop as possible. I think that throwing a quarterback into the fire right away and thinking that he has to be, like, the instant magic that will, like, transform your team, I think that's a very short-sighted view of what the quarterback position needs and how quarterbacks need to develop and come into the NFL. I think that probably now we do have more than ever quarterbacks who are NFL ready right out of the gate, but at the same time, there is such a transition between playing college-level defenses, even in a division like the SEC, as compared to NFL defenses, you know? Like, just, it's, it's a matter of numbers, you know? Like, how many kids from college programs will get drafted into the NFL? You know, it'll always be the best of the best. Any given time in college, you're playing against maybe three or four NFL-level athletes and then a bunch of randos, right? And now, when you're in the NFL, suddenly, hey, guess what? Everyone's starting caliber NFL player. It's going to be a hell... And, you know, even among them, you have freaks like Aaron Donald who are just going to absolutely bulldoze the 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 offensive line so yeah i think that this is the wrong time i think that as long as fitz was happy as long as he wasn't making bad obvious mistakes they should have just left him in anyway the rams cope with the ground game fine and their rush offense is seventh and um, whilst mammy's rush defense is just poor as well so that's not great. LA have been using the ground game a lot more this year. They've been able to, and I think that's the big reason for the offense recovering this year. The Miami pass game is is actually quite good. It's ninth in the league. It's another big test for Jared Goff, though he passed the test that the Bears defense presents with flying colors, a passer rating of 108. So he's been looking much better this year as well. The 5-2 and two Los Angeles Rams traveled to the 3-3 three three Miami Dolphins. I'm taking a Rams win.
also going to take the Rams win on this one. Yeah, uh, likewise. Um, to be honest with you, if Tua doesn't get all his bones shattered... Success. As a result of this game, I'm happy with that. Yeah. 80% of the pick and community going with the Rams. And by the way, like I said, on the power rankings, which you can read at the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com, whoop whoop, that um, Johnny Hecker, I think, is better than every team in the NFL combined. So he should actually be top of the power rankings by himself. Punters are people too, guys. And he had an incredible performance against the Chicago Bears last week. Anyway, I believe it's my turn to pick next. And I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears we just mentioned. Saints at Bears. Chicago's offense is currently 29th in total in the league. Great. Five wins. Their rush offense is the worst in the league, so five wins. The Saints' rush defense is fourth. They average 3.5 yards per carry on defense. That's absolutely incredible. The pass defense for New Orleans, though, is 30th, and the O-line is quite poor, which means that Nick Foles has a chance to look more like Nick Foles this week and really needs to if there's any hope of Chicago victory because, as we mentioned, that rush offence is dreadful. The Bears' defence, on the other hand, obviously really good. They're third in pass rating loud. They're coming up against Drew Brees, who is looking more like Drew Brees over the last few weeks. Kamara has been in all-pro form as well this year, so he's looking really good. I think he averages 4.9 yards per carry. But, and what's going to help him is that the rush defensive and the Bears is definitely by far their weakness. It is quite poor. This is a weird game. I mean, the Bears have been, at least, I think, in everyone's mind, a bit overrated, but a bit not. Like, we were never quite sure where they stood, but at the same time, they did lose in pretty bad fashion to the... Uh, the Rams last week, a team, you know, that that is good. And, and, you know, the Saints are not the Rams in this case, you know, obviously. But also, I don't think they're just at their skill level. I think that the Saints this year have some issues. Um, I don't think, like, you mentioned that Drew Brees is kind of coming back into form. I don't see it as much. I think that... Uh, he's looking Drew better. Is, he's I'm not, looking I'm better, not saying but... he's Drew Brees of, like, 2010. Yeah, but, I still don't think he can push it downfield in the same way he used to, oh, and I he, think that's going to be an issue for the Bears. That's, he's, yeah, that's not what he's trying for. It's just quick passes, 10 yeah. yards. That's the yeah. Saints' pass offense. But at the same time, that's going to be something that the Bears' defense is going to be able to seriously capitalize on. And, you know, Khalil mm. Mack's going to have a really fun time. And yeah, you know, I think that this this is a weird game. Intriguing, I'm though. not sure I like anything. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the Bears' offense is basically down to Montgomery and Foles. Like, oh, not even Montgomery. Really. He's just been dreadful this year. He's been practically uh, non-existent. Yeah. yeah, that is mm. true. I just remember yeah. him from the game against us because he scored a couple times. Um, and yeah, like, there's just there's not much, you mm. know. Uh, that Bears' defense is good though. I guess. Yeah. Not with the rush, though, which is no. sort of guiding my decision. The 4 and 2 New Orleans Saints traveled for 5 and 2 Chicago Bears. I'm taking a Saints win. I'm also going to join you on that Saints win. Yeah, I'll complete the, uh, the triplet there. Yeah. And Will has the next pick. All right. 
Well, let's have some champagne without the pain. <laughs> Time to go for Bucks Giants. Oh dear. Oh dear. Talking about champagne, do you think the Bucks will fizz? Hey. But, um, uh, holy God, we're gonna get screwed. Uh, that that Bucks team last week was very angry, and Tom Brady finally won NFC Offensive Player of the Month. You know, only took him twenty years. The laggard. Ah. <laughs> uh, that, that's Lord actually Almighty. why I went to the books. He was really annoyed he hadn't won NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Yeah, no, look, he's like he's going to win a Super Bowl in the NFC and the AFC, and we're all just gonna have to learn to live with it. They've added Antonio Brown. I think this is the game he can play in. I think he can play I this think. week. Yes. Oh. Well, in all fairness, mercy. he's probably only going to be the fourth wide receiver on the team at this point. Well, that depends on if Mike Evans gets off of the injury. Report. That's also true. But yeah, it's... Oh my god. We're gonna get so screwed. Oh, we are gonna get so... This Bucks defense is so good. The Bucks offense is really good as well. Because Tom Brady's like, yeah, I finally have a bunch of offensive weapons. Look what I can do, Ma. And... We have nothing... Our offensive line is under COVID quarantine. It's not looking oh, great. Oh, God. We're going to have to run our our backup offensive linemen, I think. I if think this not, is just an then, attempt uh, from Dave Gettleman to make you actually appreciate your already bad offensive line as it is. No, because he drafted our already terrible offensive line. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's, he's playing the backups, he's, um, ditching the starters under COVID... COVID is not a conspiracy before anyone thinks it is. And and then going, look, our actual O-line is much better. Appreciate them, love them. Yeah, I mean, this is look, all definitely apparently, what apparently our close contact players and coaches tested negative on Thursday, but that also doesn't mean that they don't have it and it's not just incubating because apparently mm. the NFL doesn't know what an incubation period is. Yeah. Um, and it's, oh... Lord Almighty, this this is bad. Also, can we not trade for wide receivers right now? Like, just sign them in free agency. We have cap space up the wazoo. And also, can we not let Dave Gettleman make any more moves? Like, he should just be fired now at this point. Yeah, could be worse. So to go to yeah. other soccer, to go to other football, to soccer, Millwall had their entire coaching staff unavailable for their game in midweek because they were all isolating. So it left the academy oh. guy in charge, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Anyway, yeah, the I've lost them five and two. Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to the one and six New York Giants. I it's oh it's going to be close. Just a field goal in. Okay, might be more. Bucks win. Yeah, Bucks win. Uh, you could have also locked yeah. this game up. I thought about it just to this, make my this life is, a little bit better. Yeah, this is the other lock, but... Yeah. You know. Oof. I, I'm guessing Josh is going with the Bucks. Uh, yeah, no, I have to just... Yeah, sorry. And uh, by the way, 98% yeah. going with the Bucks, 2% going with the Giants. Two. It's not even just one guy having a laugh. It's weird. Anyway, Josh, you have the next pick. Okay, yeah, I'm looking for ones that stand out a little bit more. I'm going for Tennessee at Cincinnati. Okie doke. 
and I don't know where that ranks on your your list, Alex. Um, well, yeah, where does I, it rank on your I, list? I will say that the almighty list, as it as it can sometimes come across as, isn't that almighty, but it it's twelve for thirteen. Is it really? Yeah, because <laughs> I don't see this being a contest. And I, um, I will pick two bad teams in a contest, as you will probably see later, over two over a good team in a not contest. As you will see when we get to pick 13 of 13. <laughs> <laughs> no prizes. Okay, yeah. Uh, looking at this game, um, obviously, 5-1 Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry looks exceptionally formidable. Ryan Tannehill actually only two interceptions for 15 touchdowns. This looks as reasonably productive uh, for Tennessee actually. Um, the former Miami man um, showing again and again why players leave Florida and then do always do better which is, is not Or just one. Adam Gase. Mm, true. I think Adam Gase is mostly been the issue there. Brian Flores is looking good for you guys. <laughs> Uh, looking elsewhere, Joe Burrow has had a reasonable rookie season so far, uh, but the Bengals haven't really got off the ground, I think it's fair to say. Uh, this game seems fairly clear-cut, like Alex said. I expect Derek Henry to have to have a day, really. Um, yards allowed on the rush. Uh, Cincinnati are 133.7. Uh, so, I mean, that's lower than Tennessee, and it's not fantastic. So, yeah, it seems fairly clicker, actually. Yeah, and by the way, Ryan Tannehill with Minka Fitzpatrick, he was a victim of gays, just like me! <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, ghost. <laughs> Sorry, that, that episode was funny. Anyway, yeah, I... I don't see as impressive as Burrow has been, and he is now actually starting to make a very solid case for being rookie of the year. You think the so? The Titans, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He was really impressive in defeat to the Browns last week, and it's. I put I put just Herbert over Joe. Burrow. I'd still put Herbert first, but I'm saying he's put making a reasonably convincing case. Okay, yeah, that that is. Fair. He's playing really well, mm-hmm. despite the rest of the Cincinnati the Bengals. Of the side, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't see this being close. Robert Spillane's not there, though, so Derek Henry doesn't have anything to worry about. Oh, I'm going to score a touchdown! (laughs) Bang! (laughs) As Robert Spillane just kills him. (laughs) Um, And all of his hopes and dreams of getting into the end zone. That's still my favourite play of quite a long time. Anyway, the 5-1 Tennessee Titans travels to the 1-5-1 Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking a Titans win, obviously. As am I. And yeah, I will be joining you with that Titans win. So this is another reasonable contender for a lock. It's not the one I'm going for, but... Titans, 97%. Okay, I have the next pick, and I am going to go... It's between two. Come on, Alex, let's get it out of the way. Well, pick Colts at Lions. That's the one that's on my next... That's the next one. It's such on a my board. boring game, though. Who cares? It's not. It's not. It is two intriguing sides. We don't know what they're going to do the rest of the year. It's two mediocre sides. Exactly. It's better than a blowout. They might actually compete yeah. with each other. Imagine that. 
The Lions' past game has been looking relatively good this year. Obviously, Matt Stafford performing well, as he did against the Atlanta Falcons, but the Colts present a far different challenge to the Atlanta Falcons. I know the Falcons' defense recovered this week, but whatever. Second best in pass offense, in sorry, defense in the league. The run defense ranks third, so they are a very tough challenge. On the other side, Philip Rivers does not present so much a challenge. Seven touchdowns and six interceptions, an average rating of 93, which is okay, but a bit too gung-ho, which is exactly why they signed him, in all fairness. He has been completing a lot of his passes, so he has quite a high completion percentage, quite a high yards per attempt rate of, I believe, near 9%. Uh, 9%, sorry, of near 9 yards per attempt. He has a passive completion percentage of higher than 9%, I will say that. The Lions passed, they didn't have a great game against Matt Ryan, but they have had a re- have been reasonable on the year, and of course Matt Ryan, very talented quarterback when the rest of the team performs and Julio Jones exists. Jonathan Taylor has been having a good start to his career, and this is a real good chance for him to capitalise the Lions at 26th when it comes to run defence. So what we've got here is a reasonable Lions offence against a very tough uh, Colts defence and a uh, Colts offence against a reasonable Lions defence. So both sides of the ball have this really interesting sort of matchup. It'll be interesting to see who wins both battles. The 4-2 and two Indianapolis Colts travel to the 3-3 and three Detroit Lions. I'm taking a Colts win. Just... I am also going to take the Colts winning on this one. I think that, yeah, this uh, this Detroit defense has been very uh, depressing in general. I think <laughs> that uh, they drafted Jeffrey Okuda, and where the hell has he been this year? I mean, he's just not shown up. Um, and, you know, I think that Stafford's having a good year, but he always has a good year, and the team around him almost constantly fails to match up to what he can do. Um, I think if the Lions should be hoping to lose this game because every losing season makes it more likely that Matt Patricia gets fired and because Matt Patricia is not a good coach, they should try and, you know, move beyond mediocre into being outright bad, which probably will happen after Matt Stafford eventually retires. Yeah. And Josh? Oh. Colts, but but not by much. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close game. I don't think this is going to be a particularly entertaining game. Let's be honest with you. It's going to be a race to the bottom. Show some Uh, faith. Hang on, hang on. The Lions in their last game were entertaining. I think it is fair to say. Sure, but this is the Colts. I just think it's going to. I mean, nothing is going to be more entertaining than that game ever. In all fairness, so I'm not saying they're going to repeat. And will you have the final pick? Alright, and my pick is going to be Patriots and Bills. This Bills side has been struggling. Uh, Somehow they were losing to the New York Jets for a little while back then. This Patriots team really needs to bounce back from a heartbreaking loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Cam needs to start showing that, hey... Not exactly that I was worth this money, but, you know, Bill Belichick was right to believe in me. Um, This is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be a game which shows if the Bills 
can start to rebuild their confidence on the way to competing with good teams again, or if they are just kind of stuck in the better-than-average tier, which is not one what one would really hope, especially given that they added Stefan Diggs, that Josh Allen had seemed to be progressing, though he, he seemed to have regressed this year a little bit. And on the Patriots' side, if they lose this game, this just shows that they need to start drafting big offensive weapons or trying to grab them in free agency. This is a yeah. team in the middle of a rebuild, basically. In all fairness, Even I've heard Mohamed Sanu was available. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not go into that. But yeah, like, they need to start putting offensive talent on that side of the field again because yeah. they they have no one. You know, they have Julian Edelman's again, like battered body. Like they have Nikhil Harry. Fall. Great. I, I guess if you need if you really okay sure but, if you really really want yeah it's uh it's not a great set of people I mean I'm sure as people they're fine upstanding citizens it's just that as players they're not so great it would help yeah. this week if Buffalo maybe score touchdowns I don't know if you've heard of them if um just for you, Buffalo. If you get, do you know that big thing at the end of a pitch? It's called the end zone. It usually has like writing on it of some no, kind. No, you'll, you'll, you'll confuse if, them. They'll think you're talking about the, the field goal posts. Yeah. Big, if you get into that, pitch, though, they yeah, actually right give you points. Like, uh, you get you get points for doing that. More than you get for kicking a field goal. I mean, it was the Steelers at Chiefs in the playoffs all over again. But, yeah, if they could start scoring t- touchdowns, that would probably be. Useful last week as well on third down. The Bills were absolutely useless. 3 and 11 on third downs. Fast, just a new kind of dreadful. Josh Allen also struggled, only a pass rating of 90, which usually would be fine, but was against the Jets, which meant it, it very much wasn't. The rush defense of the Patriots, obviously, Josh Allen, a mobile quarterback. The rush defense of the Patriots really struggled last week against San Francisco. So that's quite a concern, though. They did keep Jimmy Garoppolo in check, like I said, a pass rating. Oh, sorry, it was a pass rating of under 80, not under 75. It's 79.5, which, yeah, maths. But, so the Patriots' pass defense is looking more like the Patriots' pass defense. If there's one big concern, as Will mentioned, it's Cam Newton, a pass rating of 39.7 last week. That is abysmal on a whole new level. And Cam Newton in 2020 has somehow been... Not much better. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions, a pass rating of 71.7. That All that promise in the first week has just gone. The Buffalo Bills pass defense is relatively... No, actually, it's bad. It's bad. They kept Sam Darnold in check, but for, for the most part, it's not been great. The rush defense isn't good either. 25th in the league so if if there's any game for a revival from cam newton this really should be the game in all fairness the rush offense normally for the patriots is fourth in the league but they've been really struggling recently and they need a bounce back performance which they can get in this game anyway the two and four new england patriots travel to the five and two buffalo bills i'm taking a bills win obviously uh as am i um I don't know, in a weird way, I'd quite like for Buffalo to have something taken off them by the Patriots, just because <laughs> of the way the FC is standing, but 
I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't trust the way I'm side to do anything against LA anyway. So what's the point? So yeah, Bills. Yeah. And I am going to be taking the Bills to win this game also. And 90% of the Pick'em community going with the Buffalo Bills as well. Just for ones that didn't go into Colts, 75% against the Lions. Xavier, one I didn't touch upon. I think it might have been. Okay, right, let's go into three matches, three minutes then. And let's start with the other game I was going to mention, though I don't fit when I was picking between this game and Colts Lions. We're going to the other game I was going to mention first Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles on the Sunday night football. Whoever is scheduling primetime games has probably been sacked at this point. There is. Right, so before we go into the game itself, Jerry Jones went on the radio this week and he was truly mad. When asked about whether there was a leadership void in Dallas, he really went off on one. Told the reporter to shut up whilst he was talking and how he was dumb for saying it. And really, truly not happy with the question. So my question to you, Josh, is now that we know that there is certainly, most definitely, a leadership void in Dallas, what what, what do we do from here? I mean, there, there is a leadership void. <laughs> I think we talked about it last week the reaction yeah, to the Andy Dalton injury Mike McCarthy called it out as well saying it wasn't acceptable you'd expect you know, players to be getting angry about that and they just didn't Dallas have been trading defensive players they traded um, Everson Griffin Emerson Griffin to the Detroit Lions and they cut Dontari Poe for being too fat which is hilarious because they just bought, got him this summer on a big free agency contract hmm. So somehow their defense is getting worse, almost. That's I guess. that's fantastic. That's absolutely incredible. And by the way, I forgot to mention last week as well. The Washington football team's Twitter. You know, like when they announced the team win, and you know yeah. it had it had the score on this post, and behind the score it had a da- two Dallas fans, one comforting the other, and it was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. <laughs> So that was another win Washington got last week, but um, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, just ah, uh, brilliant. Anyway, for this game itself, Carson Wentz looked better against the Giants, and now we get to take on the Cowboys' defense, which is the worst since at least the merger. The Eagles though were thirty-first in sacks allowed, so maybe there's some hope. But the Eagles' pass rush. Is third best for sacks in the league. And the Dallas O-line is a joke. And, of course, Ben DiNucci is expected to be starting at quarterback. So, even better. Yeah, Ezekiel no. Elliott hasn't been great this year. But the Eagles' no, rush defense is 26th. And the pass defense isn't much better. So, if there's any game that the Cowboys should be winning, it'd be this game. The 2-5 and five Dallas Cowboys travel to the 2-4 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles. I'm taking an Eagles win. I am also going to take that Eagles win. Oh, likewise. And 95% of the Pick'em community going with the Eagles as well. Much different from, like, the 26% who picked Washington last week, including me! Yes! I'm smart. I'm not. (laughs) But, anyway, let's go on to the next game then, and it is Los Angeles Chargers at Denver Broncos. Yeah. Lock Herbert. This is a game. Drew, lock the door. What about the door? 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, Justin Herbert will continue to make his case for offensive rookie of the year. The Broncos looking better. Yeah, football. Can you yeah, tell us this game is, I didn't prepare now? This is a game of football. Game yeah, of football. I mean, I have to say one thing. Once again, you know, Drew, uh, not Drew Locke. Uh, Herbert continues to prove all of us wrong. He is being genuinely excellent uh, on about every level. Um, for the Chargers, they have consistently failed him by messing up on special teams, which is very funny. But hey, he got a win last week, and they're going to be progressing through the year. I think that, you know, the Broncos have had an unfortunate time with the injury fairy. Uh, we all remember the grand tenure of Brett Rippon. Oh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. The 2-4 and four Los Angeles Chargers travel to the 2-4 Denver Broncos. I'm taking a Chargers win. The same. I'm also going to take the Chargers to win. And 85% of the picking community also going with the Chargers. Final game then. Jets at Chiefs. I don't mm-hmm. think... Well, since I started doing the power rankings, this is definitely true. I've never had the team who are first in my power rankings go up against the team who are last in my power rankings. I mean, if the... The Chiefs are bigging up this game and saying it's going to be a challenge and thank the Lord they're taking this game seriously because if they play down, then they could actually lose. But if if the Chiefs lose this to the 0-7 Jets, I think they shouldn't be allowed in the playoffs. I don't care what their record is. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's a chance to rest the homes or something, but don't because then you have to use Chad Henne and who even knew he was still in the league. Well, odds last week when we talked about this exact topic. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know where you, where you go from. I don't know how you preview such a game. Chiefs good, Jets bad. That's it. That's all you can yeah. say. I, I mean, we might as well go on to predicting, I guess. Might as well, yeah. There's, the 0-7 no New York. I, I, I so hope that, that this jinxes it because it would be the most hilarious thing ever. But... <laughs> The 0-7 New York Jets travel to a 6-1 Kansas City Chiefs. I am locking Chiefs. Obviously, I'm locking Chiefs. Uh, yeah, taking Chiefs. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's not picking Chiefs here. And here's the thing, right? And this is why I decided in the end I'm I'm locking Chiefs. We've talked about it before, about the 1% of Jets fan, fans. The picking community, 100% Chiefs. No one, literally no one, has picked the Jets. We we said was it even possible for NFL Pick'em to give a hundred to zero? It has. The Chiefs are hundred percent in this game. That's the best thing ever. I love this. Yeah. And my my new formula that I moved to when we when I went two and two was to take the biggest difference in my power rankings, uh, and so obviously that necessitates first against 32nd being taken as the lock. So, <laughs> they were the two things that pushed me. And, again, if I get it wrong, it will be the single most hilarious thing to ever happen ever. And I will be, I will feel like a god at that point. So, I'm actually kind of willing on the Jets to win. Anyway, I've just found out, if you, if you heard a <gasps> from me, 
early on in the episode, I've just found out Mike D'Antoni has been hired as, a, as an assistant to Steve Nash with the Brooklyn Nets. That's, that's incredible. So that just really took me by surprise. Anyway, <laughs> that might be why my brain has been slightly broken during this episode. I'm talking about basketball. It's a basketball Halloween. By the way, we haven't mentioned Halloween. Happy Halloween! Indeed. Does anyone want to sing Thriller? No. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so let's go into a joint basketball Halloween two-minute drill. You're going to have to indulge me for this. Actually, we'll do baseball as well. I'll just add a question on. Because I saw this a few days ago, what would have happened if the Thunder didn't trade James Harden? They would have... This, by the way, in 2012. They would have won a ring. They they would have definitely beaten uh, the Heat in... Uh, maybe not definitely beat him here, but they would have they would have won an NBA Finals easily with him, Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka. There's no way they don't win. So, I, I, I feel sorry for Oklahoma fans, even though you stole the Seattle SuperSonics. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I. It feels harsh to remind them of this trade. Especially because they did it because they were worried about the cap, the salary cap, and then the year after the salary cap went through the roof. And so they could have easily re-signed Harden for what he was asking for. And they lowballed him and he, he left. Anyway, LeBron has now been in the NBA for over 17 years. He made his debut the 29th of October 2003. What is your favourite LeBron moment? It's easy. It's the block in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, that is, that might be the most iconic moment in the 21st century in the NBA. Alex, I don't know basketball. Tough. Please stop. Tough. Um, What is a LeBron? Come on, you know LeBron James. (laughs) Yes, I'm not that bad. Well, when, when you said, I can't remember who it was, like I listed Kevin Durant and James Harden and a couple of others, and you went, oh, I know that one. I was like, no. oh, that's the level we're working on here. Yeah, no, it's that is the level we're working right. on. Right, but yeah, that block is one of the single most iconic sports moments of all time, and maybe the most iconic NBA moment. It's definitely at least in the top five for me all time. LeBron James is just something else. Oh, by the way, actually, I want to ask, whilst we're here... When we have a debate about James and Jordan, Will mentioned that Jordan had six rings. Does that make Bill Russell the best basketball player of all time, in your opinion? Quite possibly. (laughs) Does that make Steve Kerr better than LeBron James? I think that in this case, you also have to consider, you know, MVPs. You have to consider stats in relation to their era. Um, But I also don't know enough about basketball, so I will just... That's Let fair. I just that I thought I thought about this. this. I'm not I'm not saying that James is better than Jordan. I'm just saying they're on the same tier. And championships, as much as they are the be all or end all, when it comes to what the fans expect, I don't think should be the be all or and end all when we're talking about how good players are, because that assumes that basketball isn't a team sport. Anyway, best part of Halloween. I mean, it used to be trick or treating, but you can't do that anymore. Mm, what because you're 20 well not only because or... i'm 22 but also yeah. because covid <laughs> it's still have fun getting in a decent costume yeah pump, uh, pumpkins easily carving i think that might have been the first sponsor fake sponsor we ever did on 
the NFL Blitz, Sam Darnold's ghost machine, if you remember that, <laughs> and the NFL Halloween Warehouse. Bill's coming as Emperor Palpatine. Actually, I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you haven't, find the video of Randy Moss inviting Bill Belichick to his roller skating Halloween party. Because Bill Belichick actually said yes. Roller derbies. Yeah. Bill Belichick said yes and went in the best pirate costume I've ever seen. It was absolutely... It's just... It's incredible. If you haven't seen Bill Belichick dressed up as a pirate roller skating, then you have frankly not lived. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the subway commercials were the height of it, but no, if yeah. those exist, we absolutely need to see them. I can't. I'm I'm putting them in our chat later. Uh, I, you know, I might even put it on on the Sports Blitz website just to make sure more people, like I don't know, thirty more people, see see it because everyone needs to see. It. Anyway, the best idea for an NFL based Halloween costume, I I would go as actually raggedy Bill Belichick, you know, when he's wearing that shirt with all the holes in. I'd totally do that. <laughs> the Fountain of Youth, that thing that only Tom Brady knows the location of. If you want to scare Miami Dolphins fans and New York Jets fans, you can go as Adam Gaze! Trigger warning. Then again, he's not someone who's thrived outside of Miami, which is kind of the point of the siren. <laughs> so that doesn't really work for him. Does anyone else have NFL Halloween based costumes? Alex. Yeah. Can I dress up as the seventy two Dolphins side because I'm a spectre of a past that is long since dead? <laughs> Which is Miami's vaguely successful era. Yeah. I don't know how you're gonna dress up as the entire seventy two Dolphins, but you know, I, I look forward to seeing it. <laughs> you just uh, you get like a really long piece of wood and get like a bunch of mannequins and dress them up in football <laughs> things. So you just yeah. walk it's gonna, around. It's gonna like make it really inconvenient. Stapled to your shoulders. <laughs> it's gonna make it quite inconvenient though. If you like, I, I mean, I know pubs like aren't open past ten, but if you want to go like to the pub and <laughs> you got to try and get that thing through the door, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, favorite Halloween movie. Ooh. Hocus Pocus. Great film. Scream. Yeah, the original. I'm going to go with maybe Ghostbusters, probably. Fair. And finally, thoughts on the Dodgers World Series win. They were the best Absolute. side throughout the entire season. Yeah, yeah they were. Um, I think Good for um, them. at the start of the season, we said uh, Yankees or Dodgers. Obviously, the Yankees yeah. didn't pan out. Rip. Uh, but that game, the ta- the fact that Tampa managed to take them to two two with that iconic play, which should go down in MLB history. Let's be completely honest. Um, really exciting, yeah. Um, glad to, glad to have seen a, a decent season. Yeah, and by the way, that Mookie Betts trade is that going to go down as like one of the best trades, or actually it's going to go down as one of the biggest trades of the 21st century, maybe alongside maybe alongside Billy King of the Brooklyn Nets trading for Garnett and Pierce and the other washed up Boston South, I can't remember the name of now mm-hmm. trades like that are just going to live in infamy I think Mookie Betts will or the Garnett trade to Boston in the first place actually sort of like in that sort of echelon. Anyway, I think it's um it's time to depart. Thank you for coming on the NFL Blitz. 
Yeah, cheers. Yep, always good to be here. Indeed. And thank you to you for listening as well. That is the end of the NFL Blitz. The intro and end music was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. We're back on Wednesday to review all games from week 8 of the NFL season. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good weekend like the best player in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye.